Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here is your host, Marina Maria. I declare the scripture in Zechariah 2.5 over Faith City Outreach, where the Lord says, And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Pastor Beverly McIntyre. She's the women's pastor at uh, Two Rivers Church in Gilbert, Arizona. Thank you so much, Pastor Beverly, for being on Faith City Outreach to share your knowledge and experience about angels and how Christians can activate and work with God's angels. Well, thank you, Marina, for inviting me. You're welcome. Pastor uh, Beverly, I know you are the uh, women's pastor at Two Rivers Church in Gilbert, Arizona. Please share how God has blessed your church. Well, God has really blessed our church in so many ways, but uh, we have a pastor that um, he moved here actually from Wisconsin about 15 years ago. Uh, He had been a missionary in Argentina, and uh, he and his wife felt like God was sending him to the desert to plant a church. And, it, and it's amazing because at the same time that he felt like he was supposed to come and plant a church, uh, there were many of us that were praying for the East Valley of Phoenix that we would um, have a church that, that wasn't seeker-friendly, that really was a charismatic church. And I didn't know they were here for so many years, but he, he um, were charismatic. And he believes in the gifts of the Spirit and allows the gifts of the Spirit to flow. And many, many people have come. I think we've seen exponential growth in the last five years because I think people are just kind of tired of um, church where, where there's not a reality of the Holy Spirit. And so we've really grown because um, he's very open about everything with the Holy Spirit and allowing God to move in our church. We have many, many healings in our church, lots of deliverance. That's great. Praise the Lord. Pastor Beverly, today I know you are sharing an interesting and unique topic about angels. Please share some background information about angels. We know they exist because we have read about them in the Bible. But how does the Bible describe them? Well, you know, Marina, I was, I was saved in 1966, and um, I was 19 years old. I already had two babies, and I never got to go to Bible school or college or anything. I just began to uh, educate myself, and whatever the Bible said, I just believed that's the way it was. And um, the Bible is very clear about angels and angelic um, Uh, angelic activity on the earth. And, you know, it talks about um, entertaining strangers, because in doing so, you could be entertaining an angel. And I just always believed that God would send his angels. And so many times, just since the very beginning of my salvation, God sent angels to me. And um, it's, you know, I just, I know that God uses a host of heaven to fulfill the, the, the 
um, the destiny of those of us that are on earth. And he says that he sends the angels as ministering spirits to um, the heirs of salvation. He calls the angels the messengers of fire. And um, truly they are, and they do help us in so many ways. Now, can you share your personal experiences with angels? You said that God had brought some angels in your life. Can you please share your experience? Yes. Um, I've had experiences with angels almost since the first time, first of my salvation. But one of the very first experiences, my husband and I, our children were very small. We had a toddler and two children in like kindergarten and first grade. And um, we had moved to Maryland because my husband was in full-time ministry. And um, he was working with a, a, a group that worked with alcoholic men. And he was the counselor and, and, and helped these men. And some of the time they didn't pay us. And so we lived literally by faith. And we just t- trusted God. But, you know, sometimes we're having three children to feed and not knowing how we're going to eat the next meal, that I would pray and pray and pray. And, you know, angels are activated by our prayers. And so one, one day, um, we lived at the end of a, of a little dirt road. Um, and my children, my two oldest, would walk to the end of it. It was out in the country. It was very safe. And there was a general store. And one day they walked down to get candy and they came back. And my oldest son, he was like six. And he said, mom, he said, when we were going up the stairs to the general store, a man was under the stairs and he came out and he said, would you give your mom a message for me? And my son said, yes. And he said, tell your mom, everything's going to be okay. And there was no way we didn't know anyone in the area. There was no way that, um, you know, anyone knew my children. And I had been praying for God to to make provision for us. And when he came home and told me that, I said, what did the man look like? And he started describing him. And the man was very nice looking. And um, I realized immediately that it was an angel that God had sent to bring a message to us. So that was like one of my first experiences with an angel. You said that um, you said that angels can be activated by our prayers. So how do actually, we activate? I'm sorry. I believe it's the only way that they're activated. I believe that they're here with us. I believe that they're waiting all the time for us to pray and to to actually give them an assignment. Of course, when we pray, we're not talking to angels, and we're right. not, you know the Bible doesn't instruct us to command the angels. But we can ask the Father. He commands them. So when we pray to our Father and He wants to bring the answer to our prayers, I believe that very, very often He uses angels to go and gather those things. You know, I always think about Jesus's um, crucifixion, and you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, it it He was praying, Father, if there's any way to let this cup pass from me, you know please. But he said, it's, but it's not my will, Lord. I, it's your will, whatever you will. And of course he had to go to the cross. I find it interesting that when we talk about the crucifixion and we talk about what he suffered on the cross, 
that we normally only talk about the physical pain, but I don't really Mm -hmm. believe that it was the physical pain that Jesus was dreading so much. I believe that it was, it was that he had never tasted sin. And, you know, the Bible talks about when, when he had gone, when he was there and they were, they were taking him, it says that he could have called a legion of angels. He had a legion of angels there at his disposal. And if Jesus had a legion of angels at his disposal, I believe that as, because we are seated in heavenly places with him and we are his ambassadors on this earth. And I believe that there's always many angels around us and they're waiting for our command. And I can't help but believe that I, I don't know if the angels knew that day what Jesus had to do. And I don't know if the father had told them the instructions, but you know, whatever it was, whether they knew or whether they didn't, I can imagine that they were, they were just very eager to go and to take Jesus out of that situation because it had to have been a hideous situation for him. But um, he had never tasted sin. And so he's hanging on the cross and the sins of every person on the face of the earth from the beginning of time to the end of time had to be brought and put on him. He carried our sins. And when we say he carried our sins, I don't know if we understand the the travesty of that. I don't know if we understand the weight of that. Because if he only carried my sin or your sin, that's, you know, we don't want to carry our own sin, but that's big enough for you and I. But Jesus carried everyone's sin. He carried Hitler's Mm -hmm. sin. He carried sin of, of mass murderers. He carried sin of people that we can't even comprehend. And I, I just wonder how did God, how did God um, accomplish that? I believe to use the whole host of heaven. I believe he used them very much that day. And I believe that was probably one of the worst assignments that angels ever had. But uh, it had to be. And for the first time in our Lord's life, he tasted sin that day. And I think that I can't imagine I can't imagine. And so I believe that, that if I don't pray, if I don't pray and if I don't talk to the Lord about my situation, about my life, or about what I'm facing or what I'm asking for, that the angel's hands are tied. Because it, the word says that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. And I think he can only really make intercession for us if we come into agreement with him, if I agree with the enemy, then the enemy is going to go forth and he's going to try to bring those things that I have proclaimed. But when I come into agreement with my father and I come into agreement with God, I believe that my father uses a whole host of heaven to um, bring his will about in my life. So I believe that every single day angels are waiting for our command or, or, or a better way to say it is our prayer or our declaration of the word of God. Because the word of God is really what never returns void to us. Pastor Beverly, give us an example of how we can pray to God and um, call upon the angels 
to work on our behalf. Well, I think that when I pray, I don't ever talk to the angels. Right. I ask God to dispatch his angels. And when I'm, whenever I'm praying in this, to a situation, I always try to find scripture. And I think that the church often forgets that it's not just our begging. It's not just our pleading. It's not our crying that moves the heart of God. But God's word moves his heart. And when we come to him, you see, we have every, every single right that Jesus had on the earth. And we have every right that he still has because we're seated with him in heavenly places. But when, when I call upon him and, and, I, and I bring the scriptures to his remembrance and I use the scriptures and I declare and decree, I know that, that, that my, the word of God goes into the throne room and it's poured into a bowl according to Revelation and it's mixed with the blood of Jesus and then it's poured back down. My daughter um, had an eating disorder in 1988. She'd had it for six years. And um, I had prayed and prayed, taken her to every Christian counselor I knew. And we finally had to put her in the hospital. And she was within like two weeks from dying. Her electrolytes were so off. And I cried and cried. You know, that's what a mother does. We're, we're brokenhearted. And on like the third day, I got up out of bed and I just thought, you know, I'm not letting the enemy take my daughter. And I, and I began to pray Isaiah 54 over my daughter. And, um, and you know, it says that, that, that even though you were forsaken, you will be called Beulah, a married woman. And it says in the, I always pray out of the Amplified Bible. It's the woman's Bible. It's a lots, lots of words, but it gives you lots of ammunition to pray, you know, the, the, the Amplified. But it says, your children will be taught of God, obedient to God. And great will be their peace and undisturbed composure. And then it goes on in the last few verses. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you will put to shame. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And for three weeks, I walked the floor day and night. And I declared Isaiah 54 over my daughter. I believe that when I was declaring Isaiah 54 over my daughter, that whether the angels carried the word of God into the throne room or what whether a shaft of light some people say a shaft of light carries god's word back up into the throne room but i knew that my father was going to cause his word to come about and uh, my daughter was in the hospital for a month came home and you know the most that that the world could teach her was how to measure her food and eat but it was in october and we went through all the holidays and and in January one night at two o'clock in the morning, my daughter came to me and she was weeping and she said, mom, she had no idea what I'd been praying. She said, mom, come and see what God just spoke to me. And I went in the kitchen, she had her amplified Bible open, same Bible I'd been praying out of. And it was open to Isaiah 54. Mm. And she sobbed and cried that night. And she got up in my lap and God completely delivered her that night. And today she's 53 years old. She has two beautiful godly children and has been a godly mother and a, and a woman of God. And I know that, that we, we, we have to pray the word of God. I'm just a big stickler on pray the word of God because um, so often we want to whine to God. 
And I think that God is, is asking us to partner with him. As we partner with him, he, he uh, dispatches the host of heaven. I think there's different kinds of angels for different kinds of assignments. So when you pray, you don't, um, I know you pray to God first. We never pray to the angels, but you never say, um, God, please dispatch your angels in this situation along with the scripture. Okay. Yes, I do. All right. I ask the Lord. I say, Father, I I, I asked you today to dispatch the angels into whatever I'm praying for. And I say, Father, I ask, especially if I'm praying for someone that's lost, Lord, dispatch your hunter angels to go out and hunt their heart and go into the darkest places and hunt the lost and bring them into your presence for and that, that they would be convicted. I ask for breakthrough angels when I'm facing a situation that um, needs breakthrough. And, you know, I, I believe that right now it, we need a lot of breakthrough, especially, you know, all over the world. I mean, we're at, we're at a moment where... We don't really know what the agenda is for all the lockdown that is that is happening because of COVID nineteen, but um, you know we're 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 in this situation that we don't really understand what's going on. But we need God to break through, and I believe that God has. Ha- I believe that right now I have I I've seen in the spirit God dispatching millions of breakthrough angels. And they're going all over the world and they're breaking through for the kingdom of God. Do you think that it's because of the world crisis that we're experiencing that there's more angelic activity? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I think anytime that we're in a crisis, there's more angelic activity. And, And many times I think that God dispatches the angels and that they are there before we know that it's a crisis or before we understand what's even coming for about six months. It was about maybe three or four years ago. Um, in our, on our staff, we pray every single Wednesday morning for an hour. We walk through our sanctuary, um, and, and pray and pray for our congregation. But every time we're walking through the sanctuary, I saw on, if you're facing our platform on the left side, it would be on the east side of the platform a giant, giant angel, almost as tall as our, our roof, which is very tall. And he was dressed as a gladiator. And, um, and I would see him when we would be in church service. I would see him. He just stood there. He stood there probably for six months. And I kept saying to the father, Father, what is this angel doing? And he kept saying, he's the angel of breakthrough. And so I feel like that God was sending a precursor for us that that there's many things that the body of Christ needs to break through. And he sent, he was sending out angels of breakthrough that were standing guard. And I don't, you know, we don't always know what they're doing, but God will always show us and he will be, he's always accommodating to give us their name. What are their purpose? Well, I think that they all have a different purpose. Purpose. I think there's government angels, and I I think that they're sent into government, into into areas of government, and and they're they're working in areas of government. I think that the governmental angels are are really from God's government because we're ambassadors 
of the kingdom of God on this earth. And so the angels are sent in, the government angels are sent in to establish God's government. But you see, they need us to pray for God's government to be established in our governments so that they can do the work that God sent them to do. I believe that there's there's healing angels. I believe there's angels that bring joy. You know, they just bring joy. I've seen angels, I've seen angels in the spirit laughing, just laughing. And <laughs> and it was almost like um they're 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 just sent to bring joy. You know, I, I think the hunter angels are more like warriors and they're very serious. And I think that they're very serious because they go in where angels do fear to tread. They go into the darkest places to try to bring out those that are the heirs of salvation. Now, so I just believe that there's different companies of angels. Now, when you see them, are they mostly of light? Like they're light, made of well, light? I've seen, How would you describe them? When I see them in the spirit, um, most of the time, I it's like in, in my spirit, man, I can see them like I see you. And I can see what they're wearing and everything. I, um, I had an angel one time appear to me in person. I was, I was resting and I had my eyes closed and um, I felt someone at, right at my head. I was laying on my couch and I, op- I, I, I opened my eyes and it was, it was a woman and she had on a blue dress. I, I still remember her belt. I, st- I saw everything about her. Um, and she smiled at me. She had, she had blonde hair, very light hair. My hair was blonde at that time, I think, but it's, it's white now. But, um, and she smiled and I thought, oh, and it's an angel. I closed my eyes. It felt like just for a second. And then I opened my eyes again. And when I opened my eyes, she was gone and it had been 30 minutes. And that was at a time in my life that God was really calling me full time into the ministry. And so whatever was being done that day, I, I don't know, but I think that God was sending his angels to prepare my heart, to prepare me for something. I was in Africa a few years ago and I was preaching and um, someone on my team took a picture and and in the picture and it was just in light like you're talking about it was it was like transparent it was mm-hmm. just light you can see a giant angel in front of me you can see the angel's head you can see the angel's wingspan went clear across the entire uh, uh, front of the church you could see at the bottom of the platform you could see squiggly arrows and they were all in threes and they were falling to the ground. And at the right side of the picture, you could see a ball of fire. And um, all of that was, it was like transposed over the photograph. And in back of me, you could see a sphere, like a, a, a sphere that was going up into heaven. And it, when I looked at it, it doesn't look like a ladder, but what came to my mind was Jacob's ladder. You know, he said he saw the angels and they were, they were ascending and descending, ascending and descending. And so um, I think that they come in many different ways. I think that sometimes 
we meet people that are angels and we are, we're talking to them and they're talking to us and we're unaware because the word says to entertain strangers. And another interesting scripture to me is um, where there, Peter was in prison and they were praying and praying for his release. And the little girl that goes to the door and comes back and she says, Peter's at the door. And they said, no, that's Peter's angel. So it gives us the clue that they were very accustomed to seeing angels, much more accustomed than we are, because we would never say it's Peter's angel. We would far more uh, want to believe that it was Peter than, than that it was an angel. But they said, no, it's Peter's angel. And it really was Peter. So I think that they, I think they come in different ways. So if they come in different ways, is it also true that they come in different genders and different ages? Well, I think they do come in different genders and different ages. I can't uh, pinpoint a scripture right at this moment, but um, I know that I've only ever seen an angel that was in the form of a woman, and that was what I just described to you. I've never ever, as far as I know, you know, I may have seen, I may have been with a woman that was an angel and not know, but I, I feel that what was happening that day was about me and my ministry. And of course I'm a woman. And so, um, I don't know, I don't know why, but I, I felt like that God had sent this, this angel in the form of a woman to prepare me somehow for what was getting ready to happen in my life. This is Marina Maria from Faith City Outreach, and I am speaking with Pastor Beverly McIntyre. She's the women's pastor at Two Rivers Church in Gilbert, Arizona. We are talking about how angels um, can be activated and that we can also work with God's angels. Pastor Beverly, can angels help us fight spiritual battles or provide us with protection? If so, how? Well, I think that, that absolutely they provide us with protection and they, fight, and they help fight spiritual battles because um, when Jesus returns on his white horse, he's going to return with a whole host of heaven. And the Bible over and over talks about the host of heaven. It talks about the different beings in heaven. And angels, um, I know that angels have helped me so many times get through so much. Do you think that um, Christians are not utilizing or activating the angels through God today? I think that the biggest problem that I see in the church today, especially the Western church, is that we don't understand the power of prayer. And because we don't understand the power of prayer, we very often, we try to uh, work out our lives in our own, um, our own psyche, our own ability to work things out. And, and because of, of our prayerlessness, um, we don't, the angels aren't activated like they should be in our lives. And I think that God is really calling us into a new place. I believe that the persecuted church has been more aware of, of angelic activity throughout throughout history because of the persecution and because the only way out for them or the only way of any relief is through prayer. 
And I think that God is calling us right now into a new place and into a new era. And that era is for us to return to prayer. But, but you know, because I don't believe that we talk to the angels or we dispatch the angels, that God does that. And God will only do it through our prayers. How do the angels work with God's word? They only work with God's word. That's why when we pray, we must pray God's word because they don't work with my words. They only work with the word of God. And so when, um, when we're praying for, um, like if we're praying for our government, we're praying for our government and we, we begin to de- decree and declare the word of God, that the government was on his shoulders, was on the shoulders of Jesus when he was on the cross, and that the government is there. And we are sent into the earth to be ambassadors of heaven. And we are called to bring heaven to earth. And we, we begin to say, Lord, I bring, please bring heaven to earth. And we begin to declare the scriptures. And Lord, go send your angels, Father, into the government. Lord, expose the ungodly things in the government of our country or whatever it is we're praying for. And we, when we're praying for someone's healing, we, begin, we need to declare the word of God over the healing. And so as we do that, that's the only time that the angels will move because they're moved. God is only moved by his word. The angels are only moved by God's word. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so when we seek his righteousness, when we seek the word, then God adds to us everything that that he wants for our lives. So you mentioned also that we are called to bring heaven to earth. So angels can also assist us in bringing heaven to earth. I definitely think they do assist us. I think without the angelic activity, it would be di- it would be difficult. Of course, I don't want to negate the the activity of the Holy Spirit and what He does. But um, we are Jesus said to pray this way. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and so that's really supposed to be our first prayer. And so we're supposed to be living on earth the same way we would be living in heaven. And in heaven, there would be no, um, there would be no problem with us seeing angels or being with angels. Right. And you also bring up a, an important point, and that is that we are not called to talk to the angels. We're not called to pray to them no. and to worship them. No. Because I know there are some um, religions that do that. No, we do not do that. It's, mm-hmm. There's no place in the Bible that it says to do that. Exactly. We talk to our Father in the name exactly. of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. But when we do, the angels agree. Amen. Please share about your prophetic teachings that you give. And I'm curious to find out if it has anything to do with the angels. Well, um, I believe that the angels do assist in prophetic. But I, 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 I'm, I'm not, I do a lot of, when I speak, it's usually prophetic. But I do a prophetic school in our church once a month. And we're training people in the prophetic and also in the protocol of prophetic because 
The reason that most pastors don't want prophetic is because the body of Christ is ignorant. And we want to use a prophetic to bring correction and to um, speak over people's lives, judgment. And prophetic is for the, it's for the purpose of encouragement, comforting, and to exhort people to, to, move, to move with God. Um, I, I, um, I know that God, um, God uses angels in everything. I mean, I don't, I don't differentiate if he's using them in the prophetic or if he's using them in my prayers. I know that they're here with us right now. I know that they're around us and that they're, that I know that, that, that when you speak of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit moves close to you. And I think that when you speak of the angels, they move close to you. And they're waiting, you know, they're waiting to see if you're coming into agreement with God. But um, um, I, 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 I move in the prophetic. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a part of who I am. I don't know exactly how to answer this. So, so I'm sorry. Well, you said that you train people. And so by you training them, what happens next? What is the process? Well, we, we, afterwards? we train, we train and we activate at the same time. So whatever it is that we're teaching that night or whatever it is that we're, we're sharing with them, then we will teach for a, a bit and then we activate. We have them actually do it because if, if, if the church is always spectator, if, if they're always just watching, we don't learn anything by just watching. We just continue to watch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, um, in Revel- at the beginning of Revelation, uh, John's saying that the Nicolaitan system is already arising. And the Nicolaitan system, it, it, it is the system that says that there are paid clergy and then there's the layman. And the word layman comes out of the word Nicolaitan. And so that Nicolaitan system is not the system of God. God, the, the, the fivefold ministry is set in the church, it tells us in Ephesians 6, that, um, or in Ephesians 4, excuse me, that, that the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher are put in the church to train and equip the, the people of the church to do the work of the ministry. And I think that the, Nicolaus, the Nicolaitan system ushered in that idea that a few people are in the front and they're, they're the professional ministers and everybody else sits and they're, they're taught and they're, they just spectate, they just watch. And so we, we are called to move away from that system. And we are, you know, we're called, I always say that if I am a prophet, then my, my true calling is not to be in front of 3,000 people declaring that I'm a prophet, but my calling is to be in the church, equipping the people in the church to go and do the work of the ministry. And so we, we activate our people by allowing them to do it. And then we correct. You know, we, we, if, if it isn't a word that is scriptural, if it isn't a word of encouragement, if you can't back it with scripture, then we explain to them how they could move toward the word of God or they could move toward the, the, the gift of encouragement and give that same word. And so um, we're very into activating. 
So what was the last thing that you taught them and then they went ahead and activated it? Well, um, let me see. I want to better understand what prophetic um, teachings are all about. The the last thing actually was teaching them how to prophetically pray and to, uh, to pray the scripture. And that's one of the hardest things for the body of Christ. We know how to read the scripture but right. we don't always know how to pray the scripture. And so, you know, I told you I'm really big on the scripture. And, and um, so the last thing that, we, we t- that I taught on was how to pray the scripture. And then um, I, while I was in the Czech Republic, uh, we had a, we had our, our school is always the first Wednesday of the month uh, in the evening, the first Wednesday. And so I was in Czech Republic and uh, the gentleman that, that taught that night actually taught on um, godly character and having having godly character. I'm not really sure what his activation was. I wasn't there. But when, when we teach, whatever we teach on, we give them that chance to then go and, and activate it. For instance, we tell them, because people, lots of people, they are under the assumption that if I give you a prophetic word, that I'm actually audibly hearing God's voice. And so what we teach in this class is that how to hear God's voice, because God's voice can come through many things. It comes through the word of God. It, and I, I, I share that often you'll be reading the scripture, maybe on Saturday and on Sunday, you'll get a, you'll get a word and it is from that scripture that you read on Saturday. And this is what we say. We say, well, I know that isn't God's giving that to me because I just read it yesterday. And so then we, we pass it up. We pass up that opportunity because we think, well, I'm just thinking this because I read it. Or, or we'll, we'll have, get words of a song that, mm-hmm. that we were, when we were worshiping God. And we'll say, oh, I'm just thinking that because I sang it. And so often God actually, he knows the beginning and the end. He knows my future. He knows what I'll be doing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He knows where I'm going to be. He even was not surprised by this pandemic. He was mm-hmm. very much aware that it was going to happen. And so he can only pull out of us what we put in. And if we don't put the word of God in us, he can't pull the word out. If we don't put a worship to him in, he can't pull it out. And so, and often I'll tell people, Maybe you'll think of a color. And, you know, I've studied color a lot. And for me, you know, I'm wearing a pink blouse today. The, word, the color pink represents ministry. So if I looked at you and all of a sudden God brought to my mind the color pink, I would be, immediately begin to think, oh, God's calling her into ministry. He's, he's talking to her about ministry. And so then you go from there. So we teach them different ways to hear God. And then we'll say to them, um, we try to sit around tables. So pick someone out at your table and give them a word based on what we just shared, what we just, what we just talked about, whether it be a scripture or God pointed something out to you. Because we always have things pointed out to us when we look at a person. Pastor Beverly, how are you staying in a place of faith right now? Well, I believe that, you know, faith is, is the things that we hope for, 
that we believe are today. You know, we, be, we see them today in our mind's eye. And I think that um, faith doesn't just move mountains. I believe that faith also bends time. And Mary bent time when she, um, when she was at the wedding with her son. And she said to him, they've run out of wine. I want you to make wine. And he said, Mother, my time has come. It isn't time for me to do miracles. And so she didn't say another thing to her son. She went to the servants and said, do whatever my son tells you. Mary had the faith to believe that her son would do a miracle that day. And because of her faith, he did. So Mary pulled his time of miracles into that day. And I think there's so many times in the Bible that, that, that people have pulled from another era and lived in that other era. And David was a good example. David was a man of faith. He lived by faith. David didn't live by the law. He lived by faith. And so King David reached into the future of Jesus 2,000 years ahead of him, and he pulled grace and faith into his era, into his time. So the way that I'm staying into faith right now is that every single day I say, Father, I know that this is this is the best time. This is, this is the time of harvest that you promised us at the end. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, there were so many prophets saying that we're entering into the era of declaration. We're entering into the era of speaking things. And this is going to be the, the greatest harvest that we've ever seen. And so we were talking about it and talking about it. And I noticed that when the pandemic happened, there were so many Christians that quit talking about all of that. But this is the time that we have to stand in that place. And so the way I'm staying in faith is that I am declaring and decreeing that every work, every revival, every work of large work of God that has ever been in history, I'm pulling it in by faith into my time. Because in Isaiah, it says that we will redig the ancient cities. And the ancient cities and the ancient wells are those things where God moved by his spirit. So I'm pulling Azusa into my time. I am pulling um, Pentecost into my time. I am pulling the great healing revivals into today. And then I'm moving into the future. And I am declaring and decreeing that this is the harvest time that we were promised for the last days. And I am decreeing that it's coming to today. And if we stay in that place with God and we use our faith and we see with God's eyes that, that we're living in, the, in the, the best time of history, that we were created for such a time as this, and that this is our timing to begin to, by faith, pull everything that is godly into this time. Is there something new that we did not mention or discuss about angels that you would like um, to share? No, I don't. I can't think of anything. No, I'm sorry. I just what, believe that we really are helped by them. Pastor Beverly, what are some last-minute encouraging words you would like to share with our audience? It could be about anything, something that maybe God is just touching your heart right now that you need to share with our listeners. 
Well, I believe right now that we, you know, as I, as I just said, that we're living in the best time in history. And I believe, you know, Pentecost is May 31st. And, and I have people from all over the world right now that I've asked to fast and pray with me until, until May 31st, that this would be the biggest Pentecost since the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. I believe that we're living in an era like never before and that, that God is calling the body of Christ to arise and to wake up. And um, every morning, Monday through Friday, until May 29th, I am on Facebook Live and I'm praying with people from all over the world and we're declaring and decreeing the harvest and we're declaring and decreeing that Pentecost is going to be an outpouring all over the world of his spirit. I believe that right now that we need to be encouraged that we're living in the best of times and not look at what the news is saying. They hand feed us fear five or six times a day. We've got to get off of that and know that, that it's in the midst of that that salvations are coming and that we have to be prepared and ready for the salvations. We have to be prepared for the outpouring of the Spirit. I believe that we're getting ready to see the biggest revival that has ever been in history. And I'm in, I would encourage people from all over the world, the people of God, to arise and begin to declare it, begin to decree it, and ask the Father to send his angelic activity into your area, into your country, into your state, into your city, into your home, and, and, and to, to bring forth the harvest that we have been promised. Because anything, you know, when, when the angel said to Mary, nothing is impossible to God, the better, the better interpretation of that is nothing that God speaks is without power. And God has spoken that we're entering into harvest time. God has spoken that there will be billions of people saved in the very last days. And this is our time. And this is the time that we must know that nothing that God speaks is without power. So how do we prepare ourselves for the revivals, for the harvest, for the next Pentecost? Through prayer and through walking with God and in the word. You know, we have to walk with him hear his voice, know what he's saying to us. I mean, he really desires to speak to his people. And um, he, he speaks to us all the time. God is always speaking. It isn't that he isn't speaking, it's that we can't hear. And so ask the Lord to give you ears to hear and stay in the word of God, read the word, pray the word, uh, declare the word, um, speak it to God, speak it to your family, speak it to yourself, and, um, and, and to walk by faith. And, that, and remember what faith, faith is actually the key of David. It is the key. It is the key. And he said, that it, that he said to the, the church of Philadelphia, I will give you the key. I will give you the keys to the kingdom. He's given us the key to the kingdom. And the key to the kingdom is faith. And it's, it's not only moving mountains, but it's, it's bending time. And so we must be, bend time and we must declare and decree that, um, that we are living in that time where God is redigging those ancient wells and that it is time for us to repair the wall and to build the gates just like Nehemiah did and to call forth the moves of God into our era. 
And do you think repentance is also needed? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's always the beginning of prayer. Yeah, repentance. Yes, I do. I think that that uh, we repent and then we go into the throne room. He washes us in his blood. Do you think the word repentance is something that people don't even want to hear? And so perhaps avoided um, in the in the Western church, I think that we have, we have uh, thought for so long that uh, we can have little sins and God, you know, God loves me and God just loves me. And so he winks at it. But I think God's calling forth holiness. And I think that we need to ask for God to call the seven spirits of God to come. And the seven spirits of God, which is the seven aspects of the Holy Spirit, is, oh, I don't have... I don't have my right Bible. I don't have my right Bible right here in front of me. But um, it's, in, it's in Isaiah 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 2. And it, the seven, to, we need to ask for the spirit of the fear of the Lord to be poured out upon the body of Christ. Because it, we, we've, we've lost our fear of the Lord. And so we, that's one of the aspects. It's the spirit of might, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel. And, and, and there's one more, and I can't, I can't do it by memory. Um, but to ask him to pour out his spirit upon the church, that, that spirit of conviction, that we would once again, we would, we would come back into that way of holiness. And some people, lots of people don't like the, the word holiness because we think it's an outward thing. But holiness is an inward thing toward God. And he's asking us to walk with him in holiness and righteousness again. And so, of course, I think then it's time for the church to repent. We, on the call that I've been doing, we've been repenting of our apathy and our passivity mm-hmm. and that we haven't been people of, of fire it's time for the fire of God to be poured out on the church. Thank you so much, Pastor Beverly, for coming to share your knowledge, your experience about angels, and for sharing your uh, prophetic teachings, too, and um, just for being on Faith City Outreach to pour your heart. And um, I just would love for you to end in prayer about pouring out his spirit, uh, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, just what you were talking about, and anything else that the Holy Spirit is leading you to pray for. All right. Father, we thank you for your love to us today. And Lord, we, we just acknowledge before you that Jesus, you are Lord and you are Lord of everything. And we lift you high, high above every everything. Lord, we thank you that there is none above you and there is none beside you. And the name of Jesus is lifted high above everything. We lift your name, Jesus, above every nation and every nationality and every tribe in the world. We lift your, the name of Jesus. And we say that you are the Lord of lords and you are the King of kings. And that everything that you did on the cross, Lord, that you finished the work of our salvation. And we, we are so, such a grateful people. Father, we do repent today yes. for apathy, oh for passivity. We repent, Lord, for prayerlessness. We repent, God, that we have tried to work out our problems and, and our issues in our own mind, in our own way. We repent, God, for fear. Because, the Lord, Lord, your word says that you have not given us the spirit of fear, 
but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And Lord, there's nothing on this earth that we need to fear because you carry us, because you provide for us, because you heal us, and because you're there for us. And Father, I pray for every person that can hear the sound of our voices, that can hear this radio show. Lord, I pray, God, that you would draw us into a deeper walk with you, deeper than we've ever been before. And Lord, those that don't know you, Lord, we ask, we, we ask God that today is the day of their salvation. Father, we thank you that your word says that if we repent and if we believe and we ask you to forgive our sins, that you do forgive our sins. And Lord, that we are accepted into your kingdom. Father, we ask that you would dispatch the angels into the governments of this world right now. And Lord, that you, that you would expose, that you would expose every agenda in every government that is not from you. Father, that you would shine your light upon the governments of the world today. And Lord, that, that every agenda, God, that has been hidden and that has, that, is, that has been evil against the people of God, we ask God for full exposure. We ask, Lord, that you would send hunter angels to go and hunt the lost and bring them in for salvation. Father, we ask that the spirit of the fear of the Lord would return to the church. church. Yes, and Father, that, that, as, that even as we walk into church, that when our churches are reopened and that we can walk into the building again, Father, that as we walk in, that the spirit of the fear of the Lord would fall upon us. And Lord, that your spirit of conviction would be upon us. And Father, that, that we would cry out to you, God. Lord, we ask, that, we ask for your glory and we ask for the fire of God. Come and burn out of us, Lord, everything that is not from you. Come and cleanse us, Father, and come and bring your glory cloud into our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Faith City Outreach can be heard daily, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Arizona time and 7 p.m. Eastern time. Faith City Outreach thanks Global Women Christian Chamber of Commerce Embassy and Four Winds Ministries for being supporters. Psalm 117, praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. That email again is fcoprogram at gmail.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew 6, 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The music used in this broadcast is used courtesy of Zapswack.com.